Hi, I'm Dan Pramack, and welcome to Axios Recap, where we dig into one big story. Today is Wednesday, May 5th. India's COVID cases keep going up, the U.S. birth rate is down, and we're focused on Facebook's big call on Donald Trump. Earlier this morning, something called the Facebook Oversight Board recommended that the social network maintain its suspension of former President Trump's account, which has been in place since January 6th. I'll let a member of the Oversight Board, Hella Thorning-Schmidt, explain. We did say that Facebook was right to take this, uh, uh, these posts down and, and block Mr. Trump. So that is the final ruling. Uh, we upheld Facebook's decision, and that is what we are here for. But we also felt, and excuse my language, we felt it was a bit lazy of uh, Facebook to sending over to us a penalty suggestion that didn't exist in their own rule book, so to speak, or in their own community standards. And we are not here to lift responsibility off Facebook. She was explaining the decision to my colleague Mike Allen for an Axios event that airs tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. And in short, was saying the oversight board has thrown the ball back in Facebook's court. Four things to know. First, The Oversight Board started operating last May as a way to provide independent review when users appeal the company's content moderation decisions, which Trump has done in this case. The board is officially independent, but its members do get compensated by Facebook. Two, Trump had tens of millions of followers on Facebook when he was given what was at first a temporary boot on January 6th, ostensibly as a preemptive measure to guard against Trump inciting more mob violence, like what had just overtaken the Capitol. Three, Facebook's actions with Trump are bigger than its actions with Trump. They could be used to apply to other world leaders, uh, like India's Modi, who threw political rallies in the midst of rising COVID cases, or Brazil's Bolsonaro, who has spread lots of COVID misinformation. And all of that, of course, could create political risk, political blowback for Facebook. Four, the decision has ramifications for other social media companies, like Twitter, who could use Facebook either as precedent or as cover, or both. So today we want to have two conversations. First, understand how this decision was reached by Facebook and how it will inform future actions. And for that, we'll speak with Mike Isaac of The New York Times. Afterwards, we'll talk to Axios' Jonathan Swan about how this decision plays in Trump land and how it might potentially impact his 2024 plans. But first, this. We're joined now by Mike Isaac, who leads Facebook coverage for The New York Times. So, Mike, at 6 a.m. your time this morning, the Oversight Board comes out with this announcement your initial reaction was what? Uh, I need more coffee, I guess. No, no, no. It was uh, basically everyone saw this, you know, that they upholded the ban, but only, you know, a few minutes later did they see the big caveat, which is basically we agree with Facebook's decision to ban Trump and Facebook should have actually made a different decision or at least put some real time constraints on how long the ban should be and indefinitely is not satisfying. So basically, I I said yesterday to my editor, I was just like, knowing Facebook, they're going to come out with some decision that makes everyone mad and unhappy and they and the oversight board managed to do it. Congrats. Yeah, I mean, I kind of looked at this and think to the, about the oversight board. You had one job. I mean, is that an accurate way of understanding? They kind of they took a position, but they threw the ball back into Facebook's court. Total. I mean, it's funny. We did an interview with one of the co-chairs of the board earlier, and we basically said, you know, you you were supposed to basically decide. Like that's the whole point of this board. And they said, no, you know, we 
we uh, we did make a decision, but at the same time, it's on Facebook to sort of set these rules so that they exist as policy in the future. Um, and I don't know. I mean, like it would have been one thing to say you did the right thing. This is how it should be. But instead, they are sort of passing the buck back to Facebook. And I think it puts Facebook in a weird position, too, because then they have to decide, are they going to actually make this decision or are they going to put us back where we where we already are today in six months from now? So help me explain, what exactly is the Oversight Board asking Facebook now to do? Sure. I mean, some of the recommendations are reasonable. For one, they they agreed that Facebook made the right call in suspending Trump's account when he made calls that incited his followers to violence on January 6th. That's clear. But the what's what's less clear and what's what they call a recommendation is for Facebook to essentially iterate or, or enunciate its existing policies around how it treats high profile users like President Trump. For example, in the past, they basically said, uh, we are leaving this statement up by President Trump because it's newsworthy and he's a public figure and it would be irresponsible of us not to. But what they haven't really made clear to anyone, especially themselves or the oversight board, is when that exemption comes into play and for whom and and for how long. And so they want more definition around the exact policies around who gets to stay up and for what period of time and who's exempt from these things. And until we have that definition, which they are recommending Facebook create, we're going to be put in the same place again in the future. And these are these thorny issues that in part the oversight board, it seemed, was created to at least adjudicate, if not set the rules. You follow Facebook very closely. Do you believe that Facebook now takes this and actually comes up with, for lack of a better term, a constitution? That's a great question. I, I've been thinking about that for a while. You know, a few years back, Mark uh, Zuckerberg wrote this very long sort of basically vision for what he wanted Facebook to become in the future, you know, and it's sort of this utopian online only communities everywhere, but lacked a real framework for essentially laws and bylaws. And I think the policy wing has what they think are kind of the rules, but those have always been really fungible when basically something huge comes up or something blows up in their face. And it seems like, Facebook probably strongly rebut this, but it seems like they've had a lot of cushion around powerful folks like Trump in office when he makes big declarative statements, particularly because they, they might be considering things politically. They might be worried about potential regulation that's unfavorable to them coming down. So I think Facebook finds itself in a position definitely doesn't necessarily want to be in where they have to say, this is how it goes. This is the hard and fast rule, and we're not going to change it in the future. And I'm not convinced that they're necessarily going to do that, but we'll see. They might surprise us. Speaking to that, the board's decision, the oversight board decision today said the response is, quote, consistent with the rules that are applied to other users of the platform. But Trump obviously does kind of stand alone. So, so what does what the oversight board today did, what does that mean for you or me, regular users? Sure. I mean, I think that a lot of the issue is Facebook doesn't seem to have a problem in carrying out what it thinks its rules are for when if you if you or I mess up on the platform or if you and I made a direct call to to violence or or had people sort of like rallied to a cause that caused what they call real world harm as a result of my actions on the platform. They basically want that to exist for everyone so that at least if you or I are using Facebook, we know we're going to be treated the same as some of the most high profile users. And basically, right now, it's a kind of it's I mean, they're basically saying it's a double standard for how these very big accounts exist. And that double standard shouldn't be there. 
So this really, what happened today and what Facebook does after this probably means more, not just for someone like Trump, but somebody like Modi or Bolsonaro than it does for, for Joe Schmo on the street. 100%. I think it's, I think they want to develop this because again, like Trump is not uh, unique in the fact that he has used, he almost set a playbook for how other rulers or, or folks who want to rule with a sort of iron fist in some ways and rally their supporters for them to do it. So what what's to say that the next Trump or or acolyte of his isn't going to do the exact same sort of thing? And they, they want to prevent being put back in the this sort of questionable scenario for that occasion in the future. How much do you think politics plays into how these policies uh, get enacted at Facebook? And when I say that, you've already heard some Republicans today talking about increased look at Facebook, breaking it up, antitrust. Obviously, this is an issue in other countries, India, Brazil, et cetera. How much does Facebook take that potential political blowback into account when it's making its content decisions? I think you're exactly right in that it is a consideration. There are people in the, in <laughs> I call it the administration, in Facebook's company organization that their entire job is to think politically about what the repercussions are going to be. Someone like Joel Kaplan, who is, you know, essentially the head of policy for Facebook, the whole reason they hired him is to give a, a pulse on what Republicans and conservatives are thinking in general and the fallout from some of the decisions that, that are made, even if it's not necessarily within the bounds of what the, the letter of Facebook's law is. So I absolutely think they consider that. They would argue that it doesn't have a final bearing on their decisions, but I just think that's not possible. But none of these decisions are made in a vacuum. Mike, final question for you. I open this by asking what your reaction to the Facebook Oversight Board announcement was this morning. If you were Jack Dorsey, CEO of Twitter, what do you think his reaction was? <laughs> I bet he's just thinking, thank God no one's looking at us right now, basically. Like, just keep all the all the attention on Facebook and let us do our thing. And, you know, we suspended him. That's the final word. And, and go look at Facebook's constitution and worry about that. You can read Mike Isaac's content on Facebook in The New York Times, but also follow him on Twitter at Mike Isaac, where he is very entertaining. Mike, thank you. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for having me. Welcome back. Facebook's decision today was met with immediate criticism from some of President Trump's allies. Former White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows, for example, called it a sad day for America, while a Republican consultant told Axios' Jonathan Swan that the move, quote, reaffirms the view that big tech is biased against conservatives. I'm pleased to be joined now by Jonathan Swan. What are you hearing about how Trump himself is reacting or how he's expected to react to this news? Well, he's really pissed off. And so he's in a circle. They were hanging on this decision. They're watching it very closely. They submitted a lengthy written argument to the oversight board. Trump's lawyers did. And they see this as crucial in his political comeback. I think people underestimate the likelihood of Trump running again in 2024. He really misses being at the center of the political universe. And I've been speaking to people who've been spending time with him at Mar-a-Lago and talking to him. He very much is itching to get back into it. And Facebook, they view as crucial to his viability because it's a fundraising machine. And also, you know, they've used it uh, pretty relentlessly and effectively in both campaign cycles to rev up their most hardcore supporters. So if he remains banned from Facebook, does that make it less likely he runs in 24 because he doesn't have the access to it? It's a problem. It's a significant problem. Facebook is their most important tool. 
Like, obviously, Trump used Twitter, you know, that was the one he personally enjoyed using the most. It's not like Trump is up at night on Facebook. Trump's probably never actually been on Facebook. I mean, I don't know whether he has or not. His phone used to have one app and it was Twitter. He's not someone who like spends time browsing on Facebook. His team does. But in terms of which has been more important to his political um, fortunes, I don't think it's a close call. In terms of campaigning, Facebook is vastly, vastly more important as a campaign tool, mostly for the fundraising, but also, again, much broader audience, keep them engaged, revved up, and it's sort of their organizing tool. Is it possible that Trump could simply promise to, for lack of a better term, behave on Facebook? I mean, I don't know uh, the workings of Mark Zuckerberg's mind. This is ultimately going to have to come back and be his decision, as, as I understand it. The, the board made pretty clear that they don't support an indefinite ban for Trump. And at some point, uh, Zuckerberg's going to have to make a decision whether to let him on or not. I find it very hard to imagine that a reinstatement wouldn't come with a pretty clear set of conditions and guardrails, but uh, I don't know what that looks like. Jonathan Swan, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. One quick editorial note. Facebook is a sometimes sponsor of this program, but it doesn't have any editorial influence. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. It's my producers, Naomi Shaven, Sabina Singani, and Alex Sugiara. If you haven't yet left us a review, please do so and be sure to subscribe or follow the podcast. Have a great Cinco de Mayo, and we'll be back tomorrow with another Axios Recap.